Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. The grant. My name is Nils Torabinder, and I am the creator, editor, and host of the grant. The Grant is an independent, non-commercial podcast initiative with the ambition to dig into all corners of the EU R&D funding system on topics of interest for the full EU R&D funding community. This is an episode I have been wanting to do since I started planning this whole podcast thing out back in 2020. Why? Because the national contact points are a vital component in the support structure to get more beneficiaries on board approaching the EU R&D funding schemes. The National Contact Point, or NCPs, are the extended arm of the EU Commission reaching out to take beneficiaries in the hand and guide them in the right direction. I have been one myself back from 2008 to 2010, so I know how important they are. So, of course, I will on a regular basis zoom in on the NCPs to promote their work and how to get their help. This episode is an introduction to the NCP institution as a whole. I organized three panelists for this episode, but two had to cancel. Luckily, Portuguese NCP Anna Sutcliffe was still available to present the NCP's role and function and share what are the key responsibilities for them. This episode is great for everybody who is looking for help or needs direction to the Horizon Europe Framework programs. And any NCP out there curious to hear how another country has arranged itself with their NCP approach, please enjoy. Welcome to the Grand EU Funding Podcast. Today, today is one of those days as a podcaster where you, it's just like this when you're a spare time podcaster. It's, um, I'm not on the top of the list of people's agenda, especially if they get busy stuff in, and especially when I have busy people in. It's, it's, they cancel. I get, unfortunately, I get a lot of cancellations or postponings and so on. This happened today, but one of my guests stayed. We'll get back to that. Uh, later what the setup would have been so Anna welcome hi Hi. thanks for having me here sure today we will have a focus on the national contact points institution and how these things work I've been uh, building up for for a long time or wanted actually since I started the podcast to to uh, to have uh, NCPs in my virtual podcast studio and you're the first one in and just to to uh, to let off the the suspension, we were supposed to be three people here today, <laughs> three NCPs in an NCP panel. That was what I had planned, uh, sort of um, uh, from three different countries. But they, they, you know, like it's like this: they're <laughs> kind kind people, and they're busy. And we will make another episode later where, where they're also on board. But you managed to stay on board, and I'm so I happy did. that 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 <laughs> you could. Um, now, before we uh, we start uh, throw ourselves at the topic, could you shortly, because all my guests do, so could you shortly uh, share with us a short introduction about yourself and how you know experience on EU funding in within the EU funding area? Okay, so my name is Anna Sutcliffe, and I work for the National Innovation Agency in Portugal. I'm both a national contact point, so an NTP, and a national representative 
in for Portugal in um, several delegations um, for cluster three security for cluster six food bioeconomy climate and for the mission ocean and waters mm-hmm. and I've been working since 2015 end of 2015 all the way through now so in the previous framework program I was also NCP and delegate but that was for space mostly Ah, and uh, we will get back to that later when we get into the topic because I've been an NCP myself, so I know how these things work in the NCP organizations that you suddenly you shift and so on, so yeah. and so forth. <laughs> Now we are going to uh, the idea of this <clears throat> run then that I made would have been that we would go through the institution itself, the national contact points institution how it works and then from different angles of different countries how they work with it because there are different approaches to how you organize yourself but so, so because the others are not here we're going mm-hmm. to zoom in so your manager is probably quite happy when that comes up because it will only be about the portuguese ntp organization right <laughs> yeah so that's so what we're going to do is that we're going to to uh, to introduce the 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 national contact points uh, institution Uh, mm-hmm. And and share with people how it works, uh, what the idea behind it is, and and how you can use it as a as a beneficiary. Right. And with that, of course, uh, what I want to say with that long sentence was that say a few words about your your organization you work for, but not too much because we will dig into it anyways a lot when when we talk. Okay, so the National Innovation Agency we call it ANI in Portuguese is um, under the tutelage of two ministries. So the Ministry for Science, Technology and Higher Education, the scientific side, and the Ministry for the Economy and Sea, so a little bit more towards the, the market. And that's exactly how we also place ourselves as an agency between the researchers and the innovators. So it's kind of the leap between research and innovation that we're here to help you with. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what A and I and Annie does. We we help researchers and innovators get funding in various types of programs, amongst which amongst which is the Horizon Europe program for which I work for directly. Mm-hmm. Which other programs do you cover? We also cover Eureka. Um, we also cover national funding, national structure structural funding, mm-hmm. and. Um, the digital Europe program is going to be integrated as well. Yeah, yeah because that's uh, that's also different from country to country. How you, which programs you you cover by your organization, and also this way that that the organization on which ministries and so on. How is it with your organization? Is it the 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 A and I? Is that only working with? From the contact point of view, is that the only responsibility that the organization has, or do you have other elements that you also do in the in the organization? Well, no. It, for me, I am I am um, focused on the Horizon Europe program in these three areas that I told you about. What I didn't say was that Annie only has under its tutelage for Horizon Europe pillars two and three. So. We have a sister institution that is more uh, located under the research part, yeah. and so the under the Ministry for Science and Higher Education, which are in charge of Pillar One, mm-hmm. and uh, Pillars One and Four, so the the horizontal part. Uh, do you have close coordination with them? Yes. Well, we are all we all are 
we work closely together with each mm -hmm. other. Um, and there are also other institutions that are a little bit more relevant to some clusters. For example, Cluster One has its only its NCPs and delegates housed under the National um, Agency for Biomedicine, which mm -hmm. is called AICIB. And they are the ones that house the, the all things relevant for health. So mm -hmm. even Mission Cancer and Cluster One. Um, we also have a National Space Agency, so the, the national contact points for um, space work for the National um, Space Agency. Mm. But they also work in very close contact with the cluster, four, the, the remainder of the cluster four delegates and national contact points. And we all know each other and we talk regularly. There's no formal um, coordination between us per se, but I think that is something that is going to happen in the future. It has happened in the past. It's just that we all know each other and we, we maintain this contact. We regularly do events together, we talk regularly, and we keep ourselves informed. Mm -hmm. so, so we all kind of know what's going on in the other clusters as well, not to a deep level, but to some yeah. level. Naturally, uh, now we're digging a little bit deeper than I would normally do an introduction, <laughs> but 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 it's uh, of course it's different from country to country how you take on the content side of Horizon Europe. Well, you, so you, the Horizon Europe is covering a lot. You know, mm -hmm. of the socioeconomic uh, areas, uh, all sorts, and of course, some countries they perceive differently how they would divide mm -hmm. the 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 support role uh, in between the content people working in ministries or agencies related to that. Uh, other countries they have gathered everything under one. That's the case for Denmark. Right. That you, that you have then one place, right? Mm -hmm. But we it, used it, to have all, that. It all depends on on the logic in each country and how how the the public, the central administration has been, the government administration has been set up. Now, now, dear listeners out there, you can already hear that it's going to be uh, it's difficult to keep the fingers away from the content here. So let's just uh, let's just hit <laughs> hit hit uh, hit the road with the with the with the with the top. We're going to talk about and dig into national contact points. Uh, institution and as I always try to do on the topic a fly-in so uh, and um, the core idea of the NCP institution can you uh, what's the programmatic so to say core idea behind it so as national contact points our main job is really to inform all stakeholders, national stakeholders, about the opportunities that exist under Horizon Europe. So we have to make them aware of what's going on, and that can be done in several different ways, and then help them apply. And that can also require very different levels of um, contact with people. So normally what we do, I don't know if you want me to go into that already, but... No, what, it's okay. But, but yeah, but just, just just talk and then I will flame, frame it in. <laughs> okay, so what I would norm, what we normally start out by doing is finding out with the commission. So they give us um, info days and informa information sessions just for us NCPs. Mm -hmm. And then we take that and inform our national audience. And we can do that with in-person sessions, online sessions, one-to-ones, just um, institutionally. We could sometimes also 
um, have sessions just for a specific university or for a set of universities or research institutions mm-hmm. or by company, depending on as well how much they ask us and how much they ask us for. Yeah. And that's, so I think, uh, indeed, we'll dig it, go into details with these things as we move on uh, the next hour or so. But I think one of the key elements to the national contact points institution is that it's free of charge, right? Yes, that's so. It's the from the from the commission's point of view to have a, a, a place where any beneficiary can go without uh, being asked a fee. Yes. To how so so it's basically public administration support on how to access the the funding that the commission is putting available, right? Precisely. Yes. And. And it's a it's a rather big organization. If we sort of move into the key elements, so if we of the of the NCP function, so for the organization, so all countries are obliged, yeah, all mm-hmm. countries are obliged to have the function, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's how it is, yeah. It's, so especially member states, and then, but it goes fur- it goes further than that. Uh, it also goes to countries outside EU. Yeah, you have uh, New Zealand NCPs, you have uh, uh, Lebanese NCPs, you have uh, you have NCPs from uh, from all over the world. Yeah, uh, but I don't think they're obliged. But I think the exactly. EU member states they are obliged to 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 have a setup. Yeah, and I don't know if uh, if if it's. Uh, if it's obligatory, if it needs to be a governmental institution, but it needs to be, it needs to have an anger in, in in governmental administration, right? There needs yeah. to, yeah. So, yeah. So we can provide our services free of charge. That's the main thing, and to uh, everyone. So we aren't biased when we we give out information. Yeah, I know from the in Germany, and that's a weird setup. They have. Uh, they have some uh, organizations that are semi, they're public-private, that handles the uh, NCP function, for instance, for SMEs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, on the other side, you know, internally, they also uh, do for-fee uh, support. Uh, so they do the national contact point obligations, of course, free of charge. But then you can, in within the same organization, you can buy some services or you know to to to, it's not exactly consultancy Mm -hmm. uh it's somewhere in between it's a little um it's a little yeah i didn't know that no so it's uh but it's just to say it's it's very different how each country organizes themselves around this but again a core element here is that it's free of charge that you should always uh for each element you have in horizon europe there is uh someone that you can call you can call or write an email uh, yeah. to get directions yes then you have so that's the organization how each country does it, right then you have the 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 anchor in brussels yeah yeah because that's a quite important as you mentioned uh a, a few minutes ago that you have continuous interaction with the brussels headquarters so to say so you have and i forgot is that centrally the the ncps is that coordinated from a central point uh, a central office in Brussels, or is it the DGs? Then that how is that? Remember? I think it depends on. Uh, there's no central coordination for the NCPs that I know oh. of. Oh. Um, for example, my uh, cluster six, we are coordinated by 
DG, I think it is RTD. Uh-huh. But for cluster three security, we are co- uh, coordinated by DG Home. So different DGs under under the commission. Uh-huh. But we are all basically working for the commission. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, I think the most important thing is that there's a flow of information. So yeah. as soon as the work program starts to become something where they can share drafts, mm-hmm. then the NCPs throughout Europe, all NCPs connected to the specific uh, cluster, they receive information on, you know, like uh, draft work programs or information on organization um, if ch- changes are coming up. There's uh, there's a slight correction there because as NCPs we only receive the final work program. So oh my receive... goodness, that's because I mix up the program yeah. committee work with the national exactly. Work. So Thanks as for an NCP, that. you only receive the final draft, uh, the final work program, not the drafts. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that the commission will give us support on, and so that we can help um, not only talk about it to our national stakeholders, but also clear up any questions that might they might have. Mm-hmm. It's as you, delegates that you might, that we can access um, the draft work programs. Uh-huh. Are you uh, responsible in, in A&I of the program committee work? Yes. We, yeah, there you go. We have both functions. <laughs> yeah. So we put those two hats uh, on <laughs> and it, we find it helps our job enormously. Yeah. And it, it's indeed, I think it's like this in most organizations. Now, I'm going to put, we're not good. We have to share a little bit about how the works because it's difficult to talk about the the, the work as an NCP without sharing mm-hmm. the program committee work. Um, but just in two lines, the program committee. This is where you where you decide what the work programs are supposed to look like. So this is where all member states. That's not the whole world. That's only member states uh, in the EU that sits in the same room. And then you you massage the the draft work programs until everybody's happy, and you you then agree, and then and so it's 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 the it's the institution that is approving the work program formally yeah. by the well. The, so the, it's yeah. not just the member states; it's also the associated countries. They is they it? also have a voice, uh-huh. and they can also sit in. Okay. Um, and uh, and we don't. It isn't just us that we decide on the work program. So the commission has. Um, um, how do you call them? Uh, experts. So experts that come from various different um, walks of life. So you can have experts from, they they will hear experts from uh, representations of associations for SMEs or experts in a particular field. And from them, they they get input of what is needed for Europe in the in the next two years uh-huh. and it, all of that put together with the delegations inputs and cooked up becomes a work program uh, i am going to dig into in the podcast on the lobby part also <laughs> the whole the whole flow how work program comes into into life so it's uh, it's it will be part of of my planning on on providing information with that because but it's important for people out there for now to know that 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 anna here and back when I was an NCP, when you sit in that position, you actually do see information as it flows and you are sitting in the same forum uh, where you are uh, have an influence on what it's supposed to look like from your country's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
so you are colored, of course. You understand what's going on as an ATP. You cannot share it. You cannot send it around. Uh, you cannot uh, uh, disseminate it to your stakeholders. But you can share and say, look, it's moving in this direction. So I think that you can maybe uh, look forward to that's going to be like in this and this and this direction. But you cannot share. So it's that's why it's important, right? Yes, it gives us an idea of um, how where it's going and if we want it to go that way so we always because we have a voice at the committee we are allowed to express in favor or against some certain um topic for example and then try to add into a topic um something that might be helpful for our national entities Uh, uh, that was just a that was a a a small uh, degradation here so so that's so the flow of information on the work program that comes so in the interaction and to share that with beneficiaries, then the function itself. We're going to dig dig into those core functions in a second. But the core elements that's that's uh, share the information and then you know like uh, assist you know like advice on how to approach it, and then you know like international cooperation also with other sort of uh, collaboration organizations like Enterprise Europe Network and so on. That's, I've been looking into that NTP, that's an NTP document from the commission where it's it's the formally written what it's supposed to cover, right? Mm-hmm. But those are the those are the areas. Is there anything you want to add to that before we dig into them? Not really. I think you've covered it. Yeah, because that's that's the what's the commission formally said. This is what the what the national contact point should do. This yeah. is their, their responsibilities. No, the core functions, Anna. Um, let's start with the with the information and awareness rising. Right. Share with me and the listeners what kind of activities are normally carry out. Uh, what you, for instance, do in in uh, in A and I. So when we first, so it all starts off when we first receive the work program, and that generally is accompanied by an info day that the commission puts out. Lately, it's been everything's been online. Everything changed with COVID, mm-hmm. even this, yeah? So um, the info days that the commission now makes are all online and everybody can access them and watch those presentations and, and get the information, which is really good mm-hmm. in one aspect. In the other, it's slightly changed. And, and I think things are changing now too because... People have lost that contact that you make with other stakeholders from other countries. Mm-hmm. It used to be that info days were in person and in Brussels. So yeah. people would have to travel there to get access to the commission officers, to get access to the information, and then obviously meet each other as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for a few years, it was all 100% online. Very l- lately, this past year, some have become hybrid. Not all, but some mm-hmm. have become a hybrid. So um, you can still watch online, but if you also can go and into Brussels, travel into Brussels, you're allowed, you can watch in person and then participate on in the brokerages, mm-hmm. brokerage sessions. So basically, this is just the commission side of it. What we mm-hmm. do as national contact points is then try to replicate that in, in, at a national level. So mm-hmm. a broad uh, uh, broadband broadcasting, which we normally do online, again, to make sure that everybody has access, equal access to the information. But we don't rep- do exactly what the commission has done because that's online and anybody could access it. 
we mm -hmm. speak in our in Portuguese in our case, and we don't repeat information. We just build on what the Commission has said. So we don't go into a topic level, but we do make them aware of what's going on and what's changed, basically, from what the year before to the next year, what the main objectives are. We just give them a basic, a bit of an overview. Mm -hmm. We normally also ask, have panel discussions. So with this, what we're trying to do is help stakeholders realize what are the main difficulties or, and the main lessons to be learned on how to, on application processes on how people get there and how successful people have been able to get their their proposals mm -hmm. uh, projects really uh. and so we do these panel discussions with either project winners or with um, past um, calls that evaluators that have also tips and hints and tricks to give to 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 proposers the mm -hmm. idea with this more broadband prep type of presentation is to give stakeholders an idea of not only of what's on and wh where they can get their opportunities, but what they can learn from past um, applicants yeah. and how to be as successful as possible. So this is our first step. What we then do is we open up our schedules normally to, so that we are contacted by anybody who has an interest in applying to a specific topic or just has more questions that they want to ask us. And so we typically get asked from people that have never participated before, oh, I work in this area. How can I find a topic? Where can I find a topic? Is this the right cluster? Sometimes they don't even know that. Mm -hmm. And so basically what we do is just point them in the right direction. Yeah. And, and that also helps. And from then on, it's a process. So you start following people rather than just generally speaking. And mm. we help them try fi find a topic and from that topic help them try to put together a proposal. So obviously, we're not at the technical level because we aren't you know, savvy to that extent that we yeah, know everything yeah. that's going on. Mm -hmm. but, but we give them non-technical support. So that's, that means we help them look at a topic and see what they can do and contribute towards in that particular topic and then help them within their own networks or other contacts that we can help them also establish, um, get together a consortia and from then on uh, a proposal. Yeah. So now you sort of, you both uh, shared with us how you work with information and also how you, how you assist and advise. Now it's, um, the role as an NCP, it's um, it's somewhat. Sometimes you feel like you come short. I remember when yeah. I, this is the first job I had mm -hmm. uh, within EU funding in two thousand and eight. <clears throat> I got my first real career job <laughs> uh, in the Danish Agency for Science, Technology, and Innovation in this department, and um, so I had no idea what you know. Like I was supposed to tell people. Yeah, she, I, know, I was supposed to guide people on this, but I had no idea what it was. Right, so of course there was a learning period. Yes, where I was being trained by my colleagues. So I was uh, like went to a lot of meetings in Brussels and so on. Mm -hmm. But even even when I was starting to get the hang of it, um, there was still a feeling that that was it good enough sort of the support that you would give to people because uh, you're not allowed to do any sort of things that overlap with the private sector of grants consultancy. That's a, you have regulations to get that, of course. So 
Um, sometimes I felt maybe that 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 you know <laughs> mm-hmm. that that I was sitting with something where I wasn't actually uh, dressed up to be able to give that kind of information. That's know, so Indian. true. That's so true. It is a learning curve, and I feel I have never reached the top of that one. And and you do feel like that, uh, completely out of my depth in lots of things, and trying basically to do my best. Yeah. And basically what we try to do is just not leave people hanging, you know, just either get yeah. them to talk to somebody who might know a little bit more and just... And they're the experts in their own fields. We're just helping them, pointing them in the right direction. And hopefully we do a good enough job that at the end of it, we there's a project and they get financed. Yes, because that's the, that's the most important element of this role. It is that you sort of, you are the light in the darkness, so to say, the first light anyways in the darkness, <laughs> that you sort of can guide just a little bit how to because the, you will have companies uh, especially SMEs that you deal with that would you know where they have no clue what this is you know it's it's a different world they have no they have heard of EU funding uh, they maybe heard of uh, companies in the network that did it and they were successful and they want to investigate and find out is this something for us but they have no idea where to find the information they have no mm-hmm. idea how to interpret even if they find it interpret yeah. the yeah. language of the document it is a language it's a new um, language it's so so this this idea i think that's most maybe the most important as i perceive it the most important function of the ncps is that they you uh, and you are part of a a group of of professionals that that take people at least the first step uh so to guide them in the right direction because you can't take them much further than a certain point now, but at least you can guide them in the right direction. You can then assist them with question as it moves on, right? So you probably have colleagues that knows about IPR, uh, legal elements, or, yeah. or, or very detailed things on budget or financing and stuff like this, um, that at least you can just, you can take off some of the bottlenecks for them, right? Yeah, yeah. We have a colleague that is specialized in the legal and financial issues. And yeah. and actually we have two. And they help us out a lot with the more mm. technical aspects of proposal writing and preparation. That's a help. <laughs> yes, and this is, uh, uh, so so it's sort of, the 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 group of professionals that sits around here so you would you are placed in uh, you you're asked to cover different areas mm-hmm. and the only thing you can do i can tell from my old point of view i was uh, i was i came in and i was asked to cover sme the old sme program yeah uh, the ict program mm-hmm. and the energy program yeah that's a lot it is a lot <laughs> it is a lot <laughs> But I think we were too covering the ICT, um, but it was, uh, yeah, that was a lot. And then I was a program committee member on SME and energy. Oh, so wow. I was covering that too. You know, when you don't know, when you, it's, you know, if it's a, this whole new world, it was, um, yeah. It it took me a while. <laughs> it does. It takes a long time because you're not an expert. That's the thing. And sometimes it's a different language and technical um, um, terms that are used. We're not used to them, and it yeah. it just take it takes a while to to get into it all. And that's the thing, Anna, because 
if we if it is NCP's role and finest element, that's 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 information and awareness rising and supporting. Yeah, but implicitly in those you have translation. It's translation on what on earth is meant. Yeah. What and those on are, earth is those are the is, main main questions that we get. What do, does the commission mean by this sentence? Exactly. And and I guess you do this on a regular basis. You have to contact project officers yeah. in DGs and and make them explain you what is meant. What is the thought behind a specific formulation or a specific line or two in a specific context because often there is indeed a thought behind and you need to understand it to be able to translate to the beneficiaries how they should perceive it and write up against it. Exactly. And that's where having the two hats of delegate and NCP sometimes helps because when we were as delegates accompanying the evolution of the work program, sometimes we have that knowledge of what it is that the commission is aiming for when they write a particular sentence or a topic. Mm-hmm. So that helps. That's what we find has helped. But even so, there's a lot of time that we have to ask the project officers directly, clearing up questions, just making absolutely sure that the the, the proposers are, act- are right in what they, they are interpreting in the topic text. I remember, I don't know if, I think they still do it like this in Denmark, that you, whenever you would have a new framework program, you would have a, an annual, you would have a conference, a kickoff yeah. uh, of, uh, of, you know, like a kickoff of the framework, the new framework program. Do you do that as well in Portugal? In Portugal, yes. Yes, we yeah. did. Yeah. The and Horizon then, Europe start kicking off, yes. Yeah, and, and with then, lots of aims and objectives and goals for Portugal. Do you also annually make an event uh, when you have new calls coming out, the new sort of updated work programs? Do you then have make events in related in relation yeah. to that? Yes. Um, what we've actually it's been changing as time goes on, so we kind of adapt to to what's going on. But it used to be that we did a, a, a thematic year by year. Mm-hmm event and now we we started to put it actually it's upcoming on the 27th of October we're going to do a national all four pillars of horizon europe event so we're trying to bring everybody together under one umbrella to help them prepare for the 2024 course and get to know each other as well whilst also giving them access to for example a proposal preparation um workshop so that's yeah. uh, that, that's something that we are trying to do as national contact points. And we want to happen every year. Now I'm just going to fence thing a little bit in because we're talking about how you're supposed to. So let's just, let's just finish the information and awareness right. Yes. So you have events and then do you have sort of newsletters? Do yeah. how, you, you show me, uh, yeah. uh, are you present there and, and active? Yeah, yeah. So each of our clusters has a, uh, a thematic, we call them thematic um, newsletters. So you can sign up for those and just mm-hmm. tick off which areas you're interested in. Hopefully not get overloaded with newsletters, but that's the the risk you take, really. If you want to make sure that you know about everything, people do usually overtick the boxes, but mm. at least they're they're sure that they get all the information. And yeah. then, and then each of us as national contact points, we prepare our own newsletters in our own thematic area. 
Yeah. And and then those get sent out. We don't do them as regular things. We just do them as and when there's enough news to be sent out or mm -hmm. when there's a deadline or something important comes up. Mm -hmm. So we try to make them go out every month. But yeah. if there's nothing specially on that month, we won't send it. Okay, so I remember, and I know it's still like that in Denmark, you have in that department, you have uh, one newsletter being coordinated mm. uh, you know, as an umbrella. And then she, the responsible person, she would ask us on a regular basis, you know, like in a, in a tunus, you know, like shifting a little bit. And this, can you prepare a, a, a small article on energy, what's happening right. there? And then the next month she would ask someone else to give some input. Uh, you know, like, so she would sort of shift continuously between us to give a flow mm -hmm. of different information. Yeah, we had that uh, in Horizon 2020. Our yeah. newsletter was just the one for the whole Horizon 2020 mm -hmm. with little um snippets for each um cluster that had something going on at the time mm -hmm. for horizon europe we decided to break it up into thematic clusters but again it's a work in progress we're just trying yeah. to make sure that everybody's happy indeed it's a matter of of trying it, it's a continuous finding out what works if the information reaches the right people i guess exactly that's that's our goal is really the people to be informed and know what's going on uh. Do you uh, have any obligations in relation to social media? Are you supposed to, as employees, are you asked by men? This is a strategy from the organization that you push things and messages on, on LinkedIn or something like this? No, there's no formal obligation. Most of us do. We have our own LinkedIn's and we push uh, the information through that. But it's looked at as kind of a either you're good at it and you want to do it or you're not and then you shouldn't really. <laughs> And so people... Yeah, it's like teachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. And and we ha we get a very overwhelmed with the amount of things we have to do anyway. So to sure. have that extra job, I, I, I don't know, really. For us to do that as an agency, I think I'd give it over to our communications department. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, but I totally agree. Uh, it was, I loved my job, but it was also quite... There was a lot to juggle with uh, yeah. uh, in the years I was there. Then you have the the, the cross Europe uh, so organized things. So you have different NCP cluster areas. They some of them are organized in groups. Yeah, are you talking about the networks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have some networks. Not it's not obligatory, so to say, to have them, right? But some have organized networks that are yeah. running where yeah. you within bio economy, for instance, have. Yeah. Uh, reg regular events that are organized you know, like with with them as organizers. Yeah, yeah the, so we have several NCP networks that are funded by the work programs for a specific amount of time. And you can, as a member state or associated country, you can participate if you want. So it's not obligatory. Um, for example, for us in Cluster 6, we are part of the Care for Bio network, NTP network, which um, informs... Um, it helps NCPs do their job better. So it helps yep. us train each other and train our stakeholders and get to know each other. And it's very, it's very useful. Okay. So you have, so you have workshops and trainings on, on how you advise, how you approach uh, beneficiaries, how you, uh, how you tr transmit the inform complex information from a yeah. yes. ICT code. <laughs> yeah, and how we and we can even train each other. So the 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 NCPs that have been working for longer 
help the NCPs that are coming in at a new level, a newer level, or lesser amount of experience, and we help mm-hmm. each other. So it it it's a very nice setup mostly, but but again, it just it is an extra bit of work. So you're not obliged mm-hmm. to do it. So for us, exact for example, in security, we're not part of the network because it, we weren't enough of us to to actually do the job correctly. But mm-hmm. we do follow what that network does, and so we pick up on on the results of the network, which is a really great way of working as well. Uh, yeah, I, they were not prevalent when I, I was this. I don't, I don't remember actually if there was any when I was an NCP. I think there was an energy for sure. I can't remember the name of it though. At the end of H twenty twenty, I think. That was this was back in the FP, the, the happy oh, happy sorry. FP seven days. No, no, no. Uh, I was talking about H twenty twenty FP seven. I have no experience. This with. was end of FP six, beginning FP seven. That I right. um, so I was coordinating FP six project uh, as part of my work. On top of all this, actually, <laughs> we were coordinating an FP six project. No, uh, so the, uh, these things develop in the tense. Mm-hmm. these networks because I would have known and remembered this, yeah. I've never been participating in something like this no. with, uh, with internal across European trainings and stuff like this which I would have done mm-hmm. uh, but I, I was happy to notice when it came about when I had left All yeah right. Uh, keep an eye on time here. The <laughs> assisting, advising, and training part. Now you started to to share a little bit about uh, how you are doing that for your beneficiaries. Now, so you give them. So there, you have this. Let's start with the training. Right. So this these are elements where you. What are you doing with the training? Share that. Right. So training, we normally work. Um, um, in workshop levels. So sometimes we put, not all the time and not as frequently as we'd like, but we do organize from time to time workshops on how to prepare a successful proposal. That's mm. really the name of it. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and we get together people that are actively putting together a proposal. So not everybody can work, can apply and get in. It's mostly, it's Specifically, specifically focused for proposers that are actively preparing and writing up a proposal. And during that workshop, typically it's an afternoon or a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. And we bring in proposals, proposers, and they don't have to share their proposal at all. We're just talking and we go through a proposal that we have had access to and have anonymized. Mm-hmm. So it's been submitted in the past. We don't tell them if it's been successful or not, but we put them in the shoes of the evaluator. And by doing that, it helps proposers um, think outside the box or about, about a proposal. Think of, of what makes a proposal successful. How well is it written? How well does it transmit the idea? Is it really successful in telling people what to do? Do you get bored reading it? Did it hit you well? Did you really want it to win? Did you want it to succeed? And so they get those feelings that you do as a human, because that's what evaluators are, Uh -uh. on how to prepare a successful proposal. And then, of course, we go into the more technical aspects, and sometimes we do extra workshops on the legal and financial issues. So so the more technical issues about preparing a proposal. and But those are co- complementary. 
So that's basically what we do on more of a workshop level. Mm-hmm. Then we work word to one. So people that are preparing a proposal can come up to us and ask them and, uh, and do up, come up to us and ask, how do I solve this issue? How do I get this idea across? How, what does this table that I need to fill in mean and how do I fill it in? So that sort of um, interaction works very well as well. And we do that very, very regularly. And this is mostly for people that are just preparing proposals. Then for coordinators, we try to give them a little uh, bit yeah. more attention because that's another yeah, level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is another level because once you are a coordinator of a proposal, it also presumes that you have a certain amount of experience in Horizon Europe or Horizon 2020 projects. Mm-hmm. It presumes that you have a team behind you that can help you write the proposal. But it, it, is, it is a daunting task. And it is to those that we give a, try to give even more attention. And for those specifically, we help them with the non-technical proofreading of the proposals. Yeah. So we go over the proposal in its various stages. And of course, this depends on how organized and how well organized people are. So that they share with us, ideally, they share with us the proposal in its inception, then further along, and then at the end. And we can give them non-technical advice on how it is. So we are, we have signed confidentiality agreements. We are not allowed to talk about a proposal to any a proposal to anybody uh-huh. with anybody else, just between us as NCPs, which we do just to help us see how well or or how much we can help uh-huh. with that proposal. But that's it. We're not allowed to mention even the fact that somebody is going to submit a proposal. No. And actually, I think, thanks for reminding me of this, because it's actually something I forgot in my rundown in in thinking over what I actually Mm -hmm. did as an NCP back then. This, uh, now I'm going to share with the listeners a little bit what happens behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting more of your country's beneficiaries to become coordinators is probably a priority of any governmental research organization. Yeah. Uh, Why? Because if the coordinator is per se the organization that is benefiting most from the proposal that they are engaging themselves in, because they will have the key contact to all the organizations involved in the proposal, they will be from your own concert. It is something that is developing. It is something that is benefiting that organization for your country with potential uh, 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 what is it, employment, uh, uh, strengthening of knowledge centers, and so on and so forth. So all countries, all countries in the EU, with people sitting in the NTP function working for government organization, the, the the goal of the government organization, when you pin them a little bit down what the NCP functions should do and focus on strategically from a country's point of view, is to get more organizations to become coordinators in uh, Horizon, in framework program projects. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So we are, as a you, you and I used to be. <laughs> we are agents on behalf of our country. Yeah, yeah. But this is this is our managers. This is uh, our <laughs> directors' uh, instructions to to us that uh, this is important for the KPIs, so to say, mm-hmm. of 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 the ministry or the agency that we lift to lift up 
the country's knowledge base and external funding uh, to save taxpayers money internally, and so on and so forth. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, it's basically a key indicator of how international our, our researchers and institutions are, not just the researchers, but also the, the private entities. If they're coordinating, it's because they're doing something that is relevant on a European level. Yeah. And if it's relevant on a European level, there's going to be a market at the end of it. And what drives us all? It's money. So there yeah. we go. That's what what it's all about. Uh, and it's uh, so it's it's uh, it's like this as a civil servant. Uh, it's uh, you have some targets that you have to follow because it's that's that's the government's point of view on this. You know that's mm-hmm. why they pay you a salary uh, in the government. Is within this area, it's, it's external funding. Yeah. for the knowledge environments and companies and so on and so forth. So um, that was a, a quick, quick explainer. <laughs> I do that once in a while for people <laughs> to understand the context, uh, understand what you, the role are also a little bit more depth. No. Um, yes, one-to-one co- uh, co- uh, coordinators. Do you also review proposals? I just I mentioned you. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do the non-technical reviewing of proposals. It depends on which area we are talking about. For example, in security, I don't. We don't normally, generally, have access to proposals because of security clearance issues. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. But for the mission notions, for um, cluster six, yes, we do. And mm-hmm. I do. And actually, that is when you're building up to the deadline, and especially in the last month, that's when we get the most amount of proposals to to review and to to send back opinion on. Uh, I remember it was uh, that was also that was part of our job to yeah. to 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 review uh, proposals, but they cut it after <laughs> I left. They had to they were squeezing you know like budgets were cut, so that was one of the functions that they took out. It takes up a lot of time. It does. Ooh, this is what I've been doing as a private consultant. Ah. Uh, yes, this is what you take good money for as a private consultant, right? Uh, yeah. This is part of core business for for all grants consultancy companies to review proposals because yeah. it's quick, quick from a consultant's point of view. Yeah, it's it's quick, right? It's uh, it's quick money. You don't have to engage yourself in in the writing. You just uh, run through and say this is this this don't work. This don't, shit, cut this out. <laughs> yeah, this is good yeah. exit. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. Um, still with an iron time here. <laughs> do you, uh, do you have in Portugal uh, uh, national support programs where where beneficiaries can apply to get uh, support uh, money money where they can buy consultancy uh, for? To su- uh, no, not really. No. So we did have, and I think we will have. If it's not out yet, it will be out. Um, within the national structural structural funds, which we manage at ANI, there's a uh, they call it an aviso, so in Portuguese, but it's it's like a call, hmm. and that you can apply for and and with what you need to do basically is tell the call that you are a research institution or a private entity applying for Horizon Europe topics. Just generally speak of your what you do where you want to go and what topics you want to apply for. And that means that within projects that you write in the future for mm. those topics can be co- uh, can be supported within, within that core 
um, for some amount of fees. And the fees that are supported, for example, are consultancy fees, are fees with, for example, um, private or intellectual property, or even fees that you need to, to fund uh, travel to conferences, travel to partner countries before mm-hmm. the project has started. So it's basically a, 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 s- a certain amount of money that you can use to set up your proposal. Yeah, this is uh, called uh, this is because this is often an issue between north and south, a richer north with less less wealthy south, southern Europe, mm-hmm. Eastern yeah. Europe, also in particular that you have government programs in some countries, you know, like Norway, Denmark. You have mm-hmm. actually can get quite a substantial amount of money. I think it's uh, in Denmark you can get uh, up to fifteen thousand euros, something like this. That's really good to cover. Uh, you have to co-fund it fifty percent, but it's just hours, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you put into that uh, application you make, and then you can use it for for private consultancy companies to help you prepare a proposal, which yeah. is a massive help compared to what you can get in other places of, of Europe uh, that would actually need it more. <laughs> if you look at it from that point of view, um, which I sometimes do, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it it's it's uh, because it's it's. That kind of help is, of course, pushing the 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 chance of success further up. Yeah? Yes, especially when we're talking about SMEs, for example, or startups. They don't have the money and sometimes they don't have the manpower to set yeah. up more than one proposals. And when you give them access to so, this sort of funding well, that will help them just branch out a little bit more and go a little bit further, it might be the difference between making your SME work in the long term and not... So it, it, I, it's, I think it's an excellent initiative. Yeah, yeah. Um, just reflecting a little bit uh, because we have to move on uh, with this. But it's yeah, this, this. I think when I think back of my work back then, a lot of it was people contacting us, and then hmm. I would be or my colleagues, we would sit and find out okay where to dig information. So that a lot of one to one. Um, and um, so that yeah, that was a big part of it. Yeah, for us uh, it is as well. A uh, lot of one to one. It stays that way. To to carve out and translate and 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 sort of find the first sort of way, f- break the first wall down, right? And then yeah, and yeah. Then they and can there's move. a lot also a lot of requests for from researchers and and proponents really. To, to help them find partners because most of these these projects are a consortium and you need those international partners and it can be quite daunting when you start out to to find those partners and figure out where to go to to meet them and how to meet them and they do ask us a lot of times to introduce them to people and where can we find them and so that is also part of our job I dotted it down here on my notes here brokerage you said you do brokerages Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, the commission and actually COVID has helped us with this is that the the brokerage events are now online as well. And mm-hmm. they normally have these platforms online where people can enroll and just spell out which topics that they want to go for, why they want to, what they contribute towards it. And that stays and it, it will, won't kind of die after the event, after the info day, for example. And it will keep on going for, I think it's another three months that they still have them online. It might be longer than that. And we, as in, 
Yeah. Because I used it as a strategy, yes. uh, both as okay, a public so. and private facilitator. So I was uh, all the uh, the events that I had been cont- uh, participating in brokerages. Mm-hmm. I would use them as databases. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so that's what we do as well. Uh, uh, that's what we do. That's one of the first steps. It's also the the Nor- the Horizon Europe um, funding and tenders portal has a um, partner search tool. Does then anybody we- use that? I think so. <laughs> I choose a joke, joke about it because I have been working so much with these things and I've never been able to do anything with the commission's own database. It's very strange. <laughs> well, it seems to me it's mostly people that are starting out that put their, their partner searches out there. Um, people that are a little bit more um, used to the programs and have a little bit more experience, they generally have their own networks. They already know who are the winners, who are the people that they want to go with. It's and just if they're looking for somebody new, a new SME, a new idea, a new concept, then they'll need our help a little bit more. Indeed. But when you're but when you're starting out, it is I can I just I can see it with everybody. We just they need sometimes pointing in the right directions. And these brokerages are absolute excellent way to start. Especially if you can go in person. Uh, it's, I have uh, long episodes, especially on networking, where I also in depth cover the problem with something like the you, with the EU's own database. It's de- it's a dead database. That's the problem with it. So you put data in there, but because it's not being updated and so on, and people forget they put data in there. So you, the, you if you even if you reach out, no one's going to get back to you, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I, I have tried to use it, but it never worked, and that's because it's so big. They try to cover everything. Everything. And uh, that's where it's much better that you have these sectorized. Uh, sort of connection uh, in in the bioeconomy. You have the the circular bio based uh, joint undertaking. Have a specific platform, specific. for instance, for that yes. that is being kept and nurtured. Right? So. Yeah. What we do also just just to build on that is that mm-hmm. uh, because we have our national contact point networks, we sometimes do partner searches. So among us as national contact points. So yes, if, I remember that. Yeah. Did you do that already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now it actually bridges into the last po the last responsibility signposting and the cooperation and I I didn't I didn't google signposting but to tell the truth I'm not sure I understand what it, it means in full. Maybe you as an English speaking can explain me what <laughs> sign signposting means. Well, basically to me it's just pointing somebody in the right direction. Ah. Uh, there you have it. So the point here is that what is it explained in the commission document is that it's supposed to be a collaboration with business support networks and other kinds of networks. And here we're talking Enterprise Europe Network. And they also mention uh, the European in, uh, Investment Bank, uh, stru- structural funds. Uh, so I guess what you say is that this is the light that moves on, that you do, the ability to point people in the right direction with organizations that can take it further, right? Yeah, exactly. So EAN, we work with a lot. Europe Enterprise Europe Network. I'm sorry, you're not supposed to say EAN. Um, they, they work <laughs> in our agency, I know. <laughs> in our agency, they work closely with us, so yeah. our contacts, and it, they are a huge help. They, they do have access to a very good database of um, startups and companies, and they are very, very interesting and helpful. Um, the European Bank, um, not so much. I'm, unfortunately, I don't really have a lot of um, experience with working with them. I know one of my colleagues does, 
and he works with them quite closely. It also depends on what kind yeah, pillar yeah, in um, yeah, Horizon yeah. Europe you're looking at, that it makes more sense, yeah. Just for the listeners uh, to keep them, uh, take them out of oblivion, the Enterprise Europe Network, it's, this is a network support SMEs. And it's uh, a network that is supporting SMEs with with business support. So it's not just funding that we talk about this problem. They also guide people in direction of funding, but it's also a business to business connection that they do. So it's uh, yeah, it's collaborative platform, so to say. Of, and it, the network has contact points throughout all over Europe mm-hmm. uh, that collaborates a lot intensely. Uh, and they also collaborate with NCPs within the Horizon, uh, with the framework program. So. Yeah, it's a very fruitful collaboration when it does work. It's it's really when it when we do establish it, it is very fruitful and uh, it works. Now we have fifteen minutes till you have to go, um, <laughs> and I need to see here because we actually now we sort of covered the core functions. Is there anything you want to add around that? Around the core functions. Yeah, yeah. Um, not really. I think we've kind of covered it all. It's it's really interesting. I don't think we've mentioned that, but it is a very interesting line of work. For us as NCPs, we get to know a lot of people, a lot of different people. We get to know what they're doing a little bit, not a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, um, and it, it can be very rewarding when at the end of it, you have helped somebody and you have actually helped a company or a researcher get that little step forward into to to where they needed to be so we are facilitators that is the truth but it is also a very interesting job there's a lot I of work lo- i i loved i loved my job and i only <laughs> i had to i met my wife as an ncp a romanian and, and we, then we moved to Brussels. uh if i hadn't met her i would probably still have had this job because i got i loved it i it was uh, really a, that was a wonderful it was also a nice team Uh, but indeed, uh, also looking back with the experience I have from many other corners of the EU funding area, especially private grants consultancy, uh, it, it, being an NCP is you don't you're not even allowed to do all the bone break, leg breaking work. Uh, of of writing the proposal. So you you get an idea, you can support. You say ah, you know, so it's it's a Uh, not you're busy. You're busy as an NCP, but it's still in the light way that you're involved in the in the very rough part of the grants con- uh, of the proposal and EU yeah. funding work because the rough parts is definitely preparing the proposals. Yeah. that's that's uh, that's that's where you really uh, uh, get get the feel the pressure. Yeah. Um, we've got clean hands. There's no dirtying it up with the nitty gritty. Yeah. And the better you are at, the more you get to know of it. And this is what I what I what I forgot to to share also with the listeners. Some people, when they have been in this game as an NCP for many many years, then they also become a resource for the sector. When you, I have an old colleague, and he's been an he's been an ICT uh, NCP for he was an he started almost together with me. He was started earlier, so back in 2007 probably. So he's been working with that area for 16 years now. He's still in that department. He's st- so he knows every single soul in the Danish uh, research community that you know, like he knows every little corner of the EU level within ICT what happens and why and he knows also about the complex elements within that so, so he's um, so these resources these people 
that yeah. that's it's uh, they become an invaluable uh, resource for the beneficiaries that can with experience guide them on the level they need and and at the same time advise them also on content uh, what to be aware of and so on so yeah yeah we have that and there's another aspect as well that when if these NCPs are indeed um, valued by their by their agencies um, and they are allowed to stay in their thematic area for quite a long time. They're also a benefit as well in guiding national policies. I don't know if you ever did that sort of work, but I see colleagues, well, you invited Maria Juan to start off with. She would be an excellent example of somebody who's worked in her particular thematic area for a long mm-hmm. time and is and helps national policy in some areas because she is the one that has known people that are working in her sector for the longest know uh, what you used to be doing, what they did a few years ago and where they're going in the future. So that uh, is also a huge um, resource it's for probably, the country. Yeah, I think because I'm just uh, keeping an eye on what we actually covered the two last things we already talked about. them. So we can actually talk a little bit about this <laughs> because that is actually the policy part of it. Yeah. Yeah, because you, it, there is a policy element. Now we mentioned before the the governmental targets, so to say, the the rough governmental targets that we need to heighten our of uh, you know taking home money for this and that da, 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 and that so many should be uh, coordinated and so on and so forth. But there's also the policy element of exactly what you mentioned now. So people that has been involved on the EU level, combined program committee and NCP. So knowing what's going on at the EU level and following knows how to follow these things closely and working with the beneficiaries for a long time. So knowing where does where are the technologies going? What is needed out there on the production floor and manufacturing companies, for instance? Uh, what is needed in the food sector? What is needed in 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 space safety? You know what, yeah. what's going on out there? We need to respond to that with policy on that because this is going in the wrong direction. Giving that flowing up into the system, indeed. You're right. It, they become a valuable resource. Even in think decisions such as should we participate in this particular partnership? Does it make sense for the country? It's not just about the numbers. It's about who you know and if it if they've been working well, have they stayed in Portugal? Do they want to stay in Portugal? Are we going to be part of the brain drain in this particular sector or not? So having this sort of knowledge is really, really efficient. Yeah. How often are you in Brussels? Oh, let me see. Every month, at least twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least twice a month, I go to Brussels. Yeah. It's uh, there's a lot of traveling. It is, yeah, it is very tiring, but it is also very rewarding when, when we and it's interesting. That's the thing. It's just very interesting. A normal day to day work as an NCP is very varied. It's not boring at all, and um, and yeah, it just hooks us, doesn't it? Yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, uh, a freshman. <laughs> I was, I was, I wasn't that young. I was uh, what? Had I passed my thirties? I was in the beginning of my thirties, I think, when I got this position. Um, and uh, of course, it was uh, it was a wonderful job to get to suddenly flying on a regular basis to Brussels like <laughs> this. You know, it's a it's a for young junior, I would say, entry position. It was fantastic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So suddenly finding oneself running around in the institutions in Brussels and uh, as opposed to, to to have an opinion on behalf of your country. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And it can be a little bit daunting in the beginning, but you're getting used to it. Yes, Indeed. It is fun. 
Indeed. Uh, uh, I think um, well, that was just a question on the on the more cozy sides of being an NCP, the fun sides of it. So actually, that's it. Great. It would it would have been it and we managed so it it was if we would have been two more people then indeed we would still be talking yeah <laughs> because for that sure. would that would yeah. be an exchange on how the others are doing it and so on yes but okay. we will um, we will rearrange with them and you are invited for that as well okay. uh, when we have the panel so that's but that's going to be in a while probably in the new year uh, okay um, okay because uh, people's calendars are like this yes <laughs> very insane. When you have three three uh, people like this, or especially in two piece, yeah. yeah. Like... The grand. In the end, then, uh, I always have the segment called the toughest challenge, uh, where I ask my guests to share what they consider the toughest challenge within the topic we're talking about. So, as an NCP. What is the toughest challenge? Well, that's a difficult one because for me personally, the toughest is time management. I want yeah. to, I want to give people as much as I possibly can, and but the demands are multiple and very varied. So to be able to manage that in a normal working life, daily working life is not easy, especially when we're traveling as much as we are because yeah. we travel for conferences we speak at conferences we we go to brussels we we participate in different events and and so there's a lot of time lost in those um travel travels but but and at the end of it what we really want is to feel that we've helped and my my challenge really is just managing my time as more as efficiently as possible Yeah. Just to make sure that people do feel that we haven't forgotten them. And another challenge, if I might add on to that, sure. is remembering everybody. <laughs> Because <laughs> we do talk to so many people, so many different faces, so many different names. And and either you have a, a brain that works like that and you do remember everybody and everybody's name and faces. Or if you're like me, it is a huge, huge challenge. But mm. people that know me already know that I will forget <laughs> and it's not on purpose. I'll probably remember your project idea and what your company do does, but I might not remember you personally. So please try not to take it against me. Uh, I do that with friends. <laughs> the, the first point I can clearly remember, you know, like this because you're civil servants. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's public organizations that are not pumped with money. Yeah. And it's not the most important area for any government. Uh, the area of NCPs. Uh, yeah. the, you have, of course, other ministries uh, that are at the core, at the center of uh, of attention, and then sometimes becomes an easy place to make uh, resource or efficiency decisions, so to say, mm -hmm. um, where you then cut and you need to do like, so more work on less people and so on and so forth. That I remember. Yeah, uh, that that exercise is uh, that, and that is as uh, as normal in Northern Europe as in Southern Europe. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, that that element, yes. And then, I guess I remember also this. You know, but you basically say the same thing. You know, this. So you say the timing, yeah. But then also the overview. Sometimes you know, like sometimes it get cacophonic <laughs> uh, with the different things that you need to be aware of. And I guess that's. Yeah, especially if you're covering more than one area. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a lot of information. Yeah. No. Anna, that's it. Oh. I'm just going to shut down the program and I'll be able to there before five o'clock so you can leave. So I will shut down the program and then we'll say goodbye to the listeners afterwards. So dear, dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to the end. I hope you enjoyed this introduction to the NCP area. Uh, there will come more programs on this as we've been talking about today. Um, do remember to go to my website, thegrand.eu and check out my uh, back catalog of episodes. It's quite a lot now, uh, more than 80. Uh, so there should be something for your interest. Um, and uh, while you're there, please uh, do submit, uh, do engage, subscribe to my email list. This is, if you have any sympathy with what I'm doing, please, please subscribe because this is, this is currency for any podcaster. So please thank you so much in advance for joining that. Um, in there, you'll also find I tried to make it as like a store as, where you're going to have shelves you can pick down on Horizon Europe, on Erasmus Plus, on different funding schemes and so on and so forth. Go in, check it out. You have a jobs and lead portal also where I have people, freelancers uh, that are available if you need extra help. Um, yeah, browse around. Last thing, connect with me on LinkedIn if you're not already. Uh, that's where the fun happens. Uh, that's where I share stuff. That's where I upload my uh, my episodes, uh, marketing and so on and so forth. So that's where, uh, where the, the daily flow of information runs through if you want that. So um, I think that's it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Anna, thank you so much for coming in. Now you need to pick up your your child. Yes. Um, um, Let's say goodbye to the dear listeners. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye. Lovely to, to be here.